It's timely. It's insightful. It's motivating. It's empowering. It's time with Fred, your inspirational broadcast with host Fred Gaddy. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Time with Fred podcast. This is a podcast that challenges paradigms and mindsets that hold us back. This podcast can be heard on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Joining me today from Portland, Oregon, is Erin Mack, as she likes to call herself. Erin is a life coach, consultant, and she calls herself a joy slinger. A joyful life is made up of joyful moments, gracefully strung together. There's a quote by Brené Brown. Erin, welcome to the Time with Fred podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Pleasure is all mine, Erin. So, Erin, let me ask this way. Who is Erin Mack? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, up until about five years ago, I would have said something totally different. I, I, you know, I would have said I was this extremely driven, a personality, uh, super goal-oriented, um, you know, running around life with my hair on fire, trying to get all the things done. And uh, now... I would say I am uh, in joy most exclusively. I am calm. I have peace of mind. My mind is clear and not racing and trying to figure things out. And, um, and uh, I enjoy all the moments that I can remember to. And uh, it's a different kind of life. It's a slower more peaceful, uh, and I have meaning and purpose because I get to teach people how to create that in their lives. How did that shift come about, Darren? Oh, geez. Uh, well, there were three sort of defining moments. One was an anxiety disorder that had me hold up in my home for about a year. Uh, that was created, I created that uh, out of uh, the... Uh, you know, not wanting to uh, experience the emotions that were attached to traumatic experiences that I had as a child. And so I recognized, of course, later on, not during, uh, that it was a defense mechanism to not feel the feelings. And so once I had received a uh, homeopathic remedy from a homeopathic psychiatrist, my anxiety, the chemistry of it got worked out, but the mental, emotional, spiritual peace was not. And so while I felt like I had a new lease on life, I could go about business as usual um, and, you know, back out into the world. Um, I, I was still there. And since I hadn't uh, navigated all of that, I ended up dealing with it, uh, you know, a decade and a half later. And so it started with the anxiety disorder with, you know, panic attacks and all the things during uh, talk therapy of, of all things. <laughs> um, and then uh, I moved to a small town in Hawaii thinking I would, you know, have a simpler life, simpler environment, and then uh, I would never get triggered and I wouldn't have to worry about anxiety or stress or overwhelm or any of those things anymore. And uh, lo and behold, um, I created all those things because I had navigated that piece. And I got to Hawaii, I started a business, it took off like gangbusters. And of course, with that, having no experience being an entrepreneur, 
uh, with, you know, a bunch of employees and clients and all the things, it was very stressful and very overwhelming. And I had a lot of anxiety and a lot of panic. Um, about 10 years into that business, I had an incident happen, which was the second defining moment. Uh, a client called in the morning and she was super upset. And I told her I'd be right over to take care of it. And I raced over to a friend's house to drop my daughter off. And in backing into her driveway, I sideswiped my car and her husband's truck. When I came back to pick up my daughter, I found out that her husband was under that truck working on it. Wow. And he thought it was going to land on him and kill him. And I thought, this is not acceptable. This is not any way to live. There's got to be a better something. So then I delved into self-development and went to all the seminars and read all the books. And I started to recognize there was a different life that could be had. And uh, the needle started to move in the right direction ever so slowly. Um, and then uh, a few le years later, I found myself in a divorce. And because of all the work I had done on self-development and the books I had read, I just couldn't get past the fact that I couldn't keep a marriage together. And it just leveled me. And um, I was probably in my darkest place that I can remember in my life. And I felt like I had zero strategies to getting out of that place. And I picked up this book and uh, I had, I guess what you would call some sort of spiritual awakening where I started reading the book and I just started seeing these words. They were like popping up off the page. Like they were in bold. The answer is joy. The path is joy. It was joy, joy. And I was like, finally, like, you know, threw my hands in the air and was like, okay, <laughs> there's the answer, but how do I get there? I don't know how to get there. And then, you know, when you ask, <laughs> things show up. <laughs> and uh, as it were, I got an email about a um, seminar and I went to it sight unseen because I knew who the gentleman was and I had met him before and seen him speak. And it was, uh, turned out it was a day long uh, seminar in the visualization process. And I went home and it was in that visualization process that I found my joy. And then through that process, I went and trained with him directly, started teaching his seminar. And by teaching, I recognized that my purpose was to help people find their joy, cultivate it daily so that they could have that as their predominant experience. And that's what I've been doing for the last four years. Wow. That was a... Uh loaded there but let's try to unpack this a little because i was <laughs> making notes of some of the things you're saying i think the first thing you said um, was about the emotion right and how many of us go through life and we try to suppress and i've had many a time many a guest come on the show and even from personal experiences as, as well um area of, of, of people who want to say us because we're all guilty of this um where we, 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 we face life, but then we, we don't deal with a core issue, right? We don't, we don't, we don't want to deal with it, right? We don't want to, we, we keep that core and we have this whole thing shrouded until several years later, in your case, about 10 years later, you had to deal face-to-face -face emotion. What, why is it that it's so difficult dealing with emotions, right? Would prefer to kind of hide it somewhere? No, let's not talk about it. But then you know, it always comes back um, nine times out of 10 to, to haunt us. What, why is that so difficult? Why was it difficult for you in that case? Or, or, or if that's a way to put it. 
Yeah, you know, I think that that's a great question because the reality is, is we're taught from a young age not to have our emotions, right? It's, you know, little kid falls over, scrapes their knee. Don't cry, honey. Mm-hmm. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We stop emotions mm-hmm. from there on. And then we never allow ourselves to have them. And we do all of these things not to have emotions. You know, the obvious ones, of course, are drinking and drugs and, you know, but there's, you know, shopping and gambling and social media and helicopter parenting and, you know, overbooking yourself like crazy, like not having any still moments, not ever like enjoying yourself because you're running around doing all the things that are supposed to make you feel good. And, you know, so it's not our fault. We weren't taught that to do that, to navigate those emotions at all. And because we haven't been taught to navigate them and we don't have role models that were showing us these things, it becomes this big, dark secret thing that we just, and so then even thinking about it, you know, people get so anxious about even trying to navigate or wanting to, like, they know there's healing that can happen there. And they're so scared and nervous about what that's going to unpack for them that they often, you know, the people that come to me, they're in crisis. Like, that's what it takes. It's like, I cannot do this anymore. I cannot have life like this anymore. They come to me in that state because that's what it takes for them to finally go enough, you know, and I'm here to say that you don't have to get that far. You don't have to have a crisis. Your life doesn't have to fall apart in order for you to seek out answers to heal. And let me just tell you, your mind will have you thinking that it's going to be some huge thing. But when I was at the pinnacle of my anxiety, the thing that blew my mind the most was when I saw over that wall that I had created of anxiety so that I wouldn't experience it, there was nothing on the other side. I thought there was going to be some, you know, story, latent story that I had buried or, you know, some aha moment where I was like, oh my gosh, this makes sense that I've, you know, done my life this way so long. There's nothing there. And the reason there's nothing there is because of that, what I've just said, which is that we've buried it for so long that we've made it something that it's not even that big. It's not even that big of a deal. If we just take a minute to sit in our emotions and navigate them just for a moment, allow them to be that's where healing comes, you know, experience the emotion, allow yourself to have it. When clients come to me, I say, you're not allowed to stuff another emotion Hmm. ever. I don't care if you're in the middle of a board meeting and you break out crying or whatever, it may be inappropriate, but the amassing of those emotions, the tamping down of those emotions is what causes things like disease. And enough is enough. We don't need any more cancer. We don't need any more of these diseases. We can navigate this mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and heal ourselves with our body too. They're all connected. That is such an important point, um, Aaron, that that's really worth dwelling on because um, particularly for, for us men, right? We've been, like you rightly said, you're low kid falls and, and scrapes their nail, you know, boys don't cry, right? And if you show your emotion as a man, you, you're called all sorts of names and, and things like that. And so we tend to suppress it until it gets to a point where it manifests itself in all sorts of things and, you know, sometimes too late to, to deal with, right? Um, 
And I wonder if this is some type of pressure that society places on that, on us that, that we, 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 we swallow hook, line and sinker. You also mentioned the, the frenzy, you know, um, that you had in, you know, building your business and, and, and you were successful in that, but in the midst of all that, that there seemed to have been a vacuum, right? There was no joy until you attended the seminar or rather's book and, and, and found that eureka moment. Um, leads me to the question to ask, what is the difference between happiness and joy? The difference between happiness and joy is happiness is based on external things. That's the car, the house, the degree, the, you know, whatever the job title, all those things that are external and they're short lived. Um, And I know all about that because that's what I thought was going to make me feel good. And so when I said I was type A and, you know, all those goal oriented, all those things, I'm not saying don't be, you know, don't go after things that you like. Absolutely. I just want to let you know that the feeling when you cross the finish line is short lived. There is no winning that game. There's never going to be enough money. There's never going to be enough things. You'll not win that game ever in terms of feeling good. But joy, on the other hand, that's internal. That's going inside. That's no lie. It's taking responsibility for all of your emotions and your thoughts and what you're creating in this life. We are so powerful that everything that's in our lives, we created through thought and action and emotion. If we can get a handle on the thought and action and emotion, then we can become creators intentionally. We get to create the things that we want versus, uh, you know, amassing things. Because I think, you know, we're not thinking on our deathbed, like, I wish I had amassed more things. You know, I wish I had more money. I wish I had, you know, worked more. I wish, you know, I had more cars, you know, no, you're not thinking that you're thinking, I wish I had deep, meaningful relationships with the people that I love in my life and made memories Mm. like that's available now. And that requires you to go inside and be responsible for how you're experiencing this life. And the difference between going inside and being responsible and what I think most people's experiences is, you know, the reason that their life feels like a roller coaster ride is because they are responding to every person or circumstances based on their beliefs. And if people don't show up, say the right thing or do the right thing or not say or not do, or the outcome isn't what we want, then we freak out and we have all these emotional reactions. From my vantage point, true freedom looks like this person said something. It didn't feel good to me. What's hurt inside of me that needs healing? Not this person did this to me and I get to be mad at them because they made me feel this way. It's I feel this way because of something that they did, which has nothing to do with them, everything to do with me. And so when we can navigate that in a responsible way and stop pointing the fingers externally and point it internally, then we can heal. And those things don't feel good. I'm not going to lie. But when we allow ourselves that emotional experience and sit in it long enough to experience it, each time we do that, the needle moves in the direction that we want, which is towards joy and freedom. 
I, I, I totally agree with you, Aaron. And someone, I think I'd heard this quote that um, happiness is an, is an inside job, right? It's not, it's not based on the things, right? Which we, we all have, 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 have grown to love, right? And so we, we want, you know, that extra, you know, 5%, we get it. We want that extra 5 and we keep chasing, chasing, chasing until we hit that, that breaking point. How does one find that balance, Aaron? And or, or how how where do we how do we get to that point and say okay enough is enough right I'm content with my life I don't need to have that extra that new car that new house whatever nothing wrong with that like you rightly said it's okay uh, but how do we get to that point of contentment it's okay let me slow down it's I don't need to kill myself because unfortunately for for some people it takes them to get to that breaking point for them to realize oh you know how do I know right but had I known is always at last, right? It's always in the dying moments. But how do we temper things um, to the point where it's okay? This is this is the life that I want. I don't have to have those extras. They're good if I get them, but I don't have to kill myself, so to speak, to get to that point, um, you know, or, or have that extra thing, if if that makes sense. Yeah. So how we get there is we start to focus on what's actually working right in our lives versus the opposite, which is what I think most people do right? You know, hi, honey, I'm home. How was your day? You know, it's like the traffic, the, you know, I had a run in with a colleague, uh, you know, this didn't work out how I wanted, right? Those, that's the conversations that we have. We change that conversation to the millions of things that are working out in our lives absolutely perfectly. Then we shift our experience of it. You know, I mean, I call like, Uh, this exercise that I teach people, radical gratitude, right? So it's like you wake up in the morning and you go, thank you for that pillow and that Mm. bed and the covers and that my house is heat or cooled or whatever uh, for the shelter, for the fact that I can go brush my teeth. There's running water. I can use the restroom. I've got, I get to make coffee. Uh, You know, there's, there's food and there's, there's choices and there's lovely people in my environment. And, you know, my feet aren't cold and, you know, I have a jacket if I do get cold and, you know, I mean, we have, I mean, think of all the things we have. I have a table on which I can sit here and speak with you and the internet and all the things. I mean, so, so many things. I even, you know, I mean, even somebody who maybe doesn't have all of those things, they still have some things. And so when we concentrate on the things that we do have, not the things, things, but like what's available, the resources that we have and the love that we have in our lives uh, that's already there, then we begin to attract more of that to our lives. And then we begin to shift what we're looking at. And that shift is palpable. Like people can feel that when you're grateful for all of the things that exist already, as it turns out, you know, the law of attraction says that those things will come when you get there too. Mm. You know, the saying was always like, I'll believe it when I see it. Actually, the opposite is the truth. When you believe it, you will see it. And so why not play fantasy land? right now. And so when I found joy for the first time, it was through a visualization process that I was taught. And that visualization process that I teach now is narrating and visualizing in your mind a day in the life of everything you ever wanted, 
all the things, you know, material, deep relationships, everything from moment wake up to moment fall asleep and get into it. Like every feel, you know, uh, the smells, the sights, the sounds, the everything and get so into it. My visualization is so powerful. I have tears of joy streaming down my face in the morning. Mm. Like that's the way to start your day in that place in an elevated emotional experience. And then when you go throughout the day and you have moments where things start to kind of go sideways or whatever, your body will remember that. Close your eyes for a minute, get right back into that spot, refocus, reset, and move on. I love that radical gratitude, um, Aaron, because it's, it's, I've always, I mean, I was just nodding in agreement because this is something <laughs> that I, I, I have learned to do. And, and I think it takes, it takes a bit of intentionality on our part because life becomes so automatic. We've become so used to the fact that we're going to go to bed and we're going to wake up. We become so used to the fact that you're going to open that tap and you're going to have water. You're so used to the fact that you're going to flip that switch and there's going to be electricity, right? Until, until life happens and we realize that it's, it's not automatic. I mean, all these things are there, but we have to do that audit once in a while and force ourselves to recognize those things and be thankful for. So I love that you mentioned that, that radical gratitude and, and it takes, it, it takes that shift. Um, I, I wasn't born in America. I was born in a different country. So I, I tend to have a different, a different appreciation um, of, of some of the liberties that, um, you know, we, we, we take for granted here. Um, but I think that is such a powerful concept, right, uh, that, that we have to force ourselves into. So how did you find that joy? I mean, I know you, you mentioned that you attended that seminar and, and read the book. Or how did you know that there was something deeper missing in your life in spite of all things that were going well for you? When you experience true joy, which encompasses things like peace of mind and meaning and purpose and, you know, stillness, uh, it's undeniable. Like until that visualization that I learned brought it out, I had no idea that I had never experienced it before. And I should have been clued in. There were definitely moments where, you know, there were signs that, you know, I wasn't happy. And, but I think, you know, like you were saying, we just, we've got into habit and not doing that audit on your life and, and just thinking that like this, this is all there is, you know, and, and I'm here to say that it is your birthright to be in joy. And that joy doesn't have to look like jumping up and down, hooray, all the time. But it should include, you know, calm and peace of mind and meaning and purpose and stillness. And uh, until that moment, I really didn't know what joy was. I had no idea. And now I experience it all the time. And it's easy to experience when you've got nature around or, you know, those are the things. I mean, when my clients feel like, you know, they're low or whatever, I say, you know, go take a walk in nature. I never leave nature and say, well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> you know, you leave and you go, oh my gosh, that felt lovely. 
And so how come we're choosing to do all these things in our life that don't bring that experience and then not doing that, the ones that do bring that experience often? Yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, and, you know, nature, that's why people like to take walks in the park or they, they go to water and it, 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 it calms them down. Um, what role, Erin, do you think society plays um, in kind of masking, you know, this, this, this true joy? Because, you know, you, this, this TV ads, right? There's commercials and you got to have this, you got to have <laughs> yeah. this now. And so it creates that chaos in our lives and it kind of kind of makes us go after after all all these all these things right and the influence is so strong whether it's from peers or it's for, it's from the workplace and the, the demands in the workplace you got to hit these goals and so we chase after i call it the rat race right we wake up and we got to go 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 until it gets to the point where we can't take it anymore um are these external factors or, or do they have a role to play in in and this illusion um, that 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 we all are after in life, you think? It's, I mean, it's such a huge illusion. Society would have you believe that, you know, you'll be happy as soon as you have, you know, the amount of kids, the relationship, the, you know, it's not even just the relationship. It's like, you know, the status of, you know, 10-year, 20-year relationship, the, you know, all these things in order to feel good about yourself and it'll never, it'll never be enough. They'll never be like what you're grasping for. There is security and there is no security. There's none. I mean, gosh, if the last like year and a half didn't teach us anything, (laughs) certainly taught us that, right. We didn't like, this was new, you know, and, and the housing crisis was another opportunity to learn, right? And financial crises that have happened, right? So we have this illusion, we've bought into it that, you know, if I save enough money, then I'll have this. If I have the right house and I work at this job for 30 years uh, doing mindless activities that don't bring me purpose or joy or meaning, then I'll have all this thing later on in life. But if we lived our life the way that it's meant to be lived, which is today, this moment is all we're guaranteed, Mm. we would do very different things. We would concentrate on very different things. And because we've bought into this, and it's not our fault. I mean, it's everywhere, right? It's in advertising, magazines, everywhere. You know, it's the look, the size, the amount, the whatever, the perfection. I mean, gosh, social media just like exacerbates some of the issues in terms of, you know, comparing yourself to other people and what's right for them must be right for me, or I must be weird because I don't like what they like. And, and uh, it's, it's uh, putting the spotlight on uh, something. And so for that, I'm grateful it's helping people see that, you know, this idea of perfection is, is a bit ridiculous in terms of, you know, achieving it. And secondly, that's not real. <laughs> like that, you know, you know your friends, you see them on social media, they don't post the yucky stuff, they only post the good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's what we're taught to mm-hmm. do. 
And the reality is, is, you know, their life is a roller coaster, just like yours is. And so then we compare ourselves to them. And we wonder how come we don't have purpose and meaning, they don't have purpose and meaning either. (laughs) They wouldn't be posting on social media, these things if they did. And so, uh, you know, breaking through that illusion is challenging, because uh, it's kind of like we're zombies all bought into the whole thing, you know, and so some people um, have seen through the illusion and, uh, and recognize that that's not a winning game, you'll never, you know, your life will never be perfect enough. All the people in your life will never show up exactly how you want them to. The outcomes are never going to be exactly how you thought they should be or want them to be. And the reality is, is we want all the things that we want because of how we think we're going to feel when we have them. I'm asking you to feel that now because that's possible. Forget about the things and just feel good. And if you knew that this was the only moment that was guaranteed, which it is, Mm -hmm. then that wouldn't be so hard. But we're in that illusion, too, that, you know, oh, I'm 51 on Monday. I have, you know, maybe based on the statistics, another 20, 30 years. Or I could walk outside my door right now and get hit by a bus. Mm. One or the other, (laughs) you know. But we don't pretend we don't we mm-hmm. pretend like we mm-hmm. have all this mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. and we don't. And so when we can clue in to this moment matters, there's true freedom in that because there's no security in this moment except that this is it. And what am I going to do right now? I'm not saying ditch all your things and your job and all the whatevers. I'm asking you to take a real hard look at what's available in this moment and shift your focus to what's working out and stay on that instead of other people and what society would have you believe, or even your family. Sometimes they can be very challenging. Yeah. 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 And, and and it's okay not to be okay. Right. I mean, we're look at the floods and and all this, all the things we're seeing and people in Afghanistan who worked for years and years and years, you know, and then have to, have to leave everything behind. And, and the floods, you know, and like all of the plays are just destroying, leveling homes and all of them. These are, these are things that people have worked so hard for. And then life happens one day and then, and then boom, everything is all gone. And, and I think it, 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 it speaks to Aaron, what, what you, everything you said about having a different perspective, right? About about some of these things and not putting all our faith and all our hope and all our trust because everything could change um, in, in a split second. Uh, that's so powerful. Aaron, as we wrap up here, and I, I always give the chance to my guests to, to speak freely to, to to the audience, to whoever's listening and regardless of what, where they may be, they're, you know, folks going through real life challenges there are those trying to still find that thing right uh that that would think what will make them happy there are those who've just gotten a different perspective of life because they've lost you know something valuable maybe lost a, a loved one or lost a family member and 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 it's really find life for them i know there's a wide range of people who are listening uh, to us right now but what would you say or how do you address you know the different groups of people who are who are listening to us right now, who are watching. 
What I want to say is that um, you matter and you need do nothing to have value. Mm. Nothing. That's no accomplishment, no goal, no status, no nothing, no things, no nothing. And the reason I know that is because whatever created all of this, why would they create something that wasn't absolutely magnificent? See, we've been taught that our value comes from the accomplishments that we make. And I want to tell you, your mere existence is the value. You need to do nothing from this moment forward to prove that. I already know that's the truth. I know that on a deep level. And, uh, and I want you to hear that that is your truth. I also want you to know that it is your birthright to be enjoying your life predominantly every day, all day, starting now. That is your birthright. And I hope that you continue to go towards the things that bring you joy until you discover a pattern of things that you can do that create that experience for you over and over and over again. And that's how it starts. You have one moment of stillness. You have one moment of peace of mind, you know, no thought. And then you start to connect to them and build and build and build. And that's how you create joy. Wow. What a powerful, what a powerful discussion here. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And if there's one thing that has stuck with me or that reinforces um, some of the lessons is, is, is that radical gratitude, right? Uh, being thankful for for the day-to-day -day things, for the air that we breathe, for the ability to walk, to talk, to speak, to all that stuff is making that intentional effort to to again to do that audit and, and be thankful for those things. And I trust that you've gotten something um, significant out of us. Um, Aaron, would you lead our audience to your website? What can they find more information about, about your work? Um, what's that website? My website is Aaron, E R I N dash M A C uh, dot com. And, it's and there's all there. kinds of things on there. Yeah, and it's going to be on the screen as well. So again, thank you so much for, for tuning in to our podcast. I trust that you found something valuable out of this. And to you, Aaron, for coming on and sharing these valuable lessons with us. Until next time, stay well.